0: That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed.
1: Before we get started with this episode of bench with Bubba, let me talk to you about the Quantedge.com. If you're getting ready for the NFL DFS season, you want to be at the They crushed it in their first season last year and they're bigger and better than ever this year. They, they joined up with power, Hour DFS. They, um, added even more new awesome tools to go with their lineup optimizer they have bet more writers they have so much going on over there when you use promo code bubba you can get 25 percent off the package of your choice but if you go by the season package right now for 149.99 you get the rest of mlb dfs for free and i do a lot of the mlb stuff over there i'm in the the member discord and all that good stuff i highly recommend that's the best bang for your buck 149.99 for the nfl season and you get mlb free also, if you give a rating and review on iTunes, I'd much appreciate it. They're changing the way the ratings go and how they rank things out. The more ratings you get, the different rankings they have. Now they're adding a fantasy sports ranking to things. So that would help out quite a bit. So go to the iTunes and get a rating review. I would appreciate it. Now to Bench with Bubba, episode 196 with Ryan Hallam of Fighting Chance Fantasy, previewing the AFC and NFC West for your fantasy football season. Back, everybody, to another episode of Bench Bubba, episode 196, diving back into the fantasy football landscape uh, with our last divisional previews, AFC and NFC West. In order to do so, have a good friend of ours from FightingChanceFantasy.com. You can find him on Twitter at Fighting Chance. Ryan, how are we doing, man?
2: Great, Dan. Thanks for having me on. Uh, always love joining you to talk some sports.
1: Yep, always a good time. Uh, really looking forward to this. You guys have a lot of good stuff over there and a lot of good people before – we get rocking and rolling into this. Why don't you let everybody know like what you guys have going on over at Fighting Chance and you guys have more than just sports? It's great.
2: Yeah, we you know we're we're you know, knee-deep in football now. We've got a good number of articles out there. Uh, we're conducting a mock draft tomorrow, an industry mock, so I'll have that article up with the results, hopefully by the, the weekend. And, of course, we have two different podcasts going. You have the the Fighting Chance Fantasy Show with myself and Steve Rappin. That's uh, every Thursday at 10 p.m. live. And, of course, it's the Fantasy Football Hustle with Brian Drake and Dwayne McFarland. Uh, they're generally Tuesday at 10. Uh, they they – they jump around a little bit, but you can find them on Twitter. He's Drake, at Drake fantasy. And of course, Dwayne McFarland, uh, you can find him as well. So we have two podcasts going, uh, as well. And just, Oh, like you said, some, some different stuff. Uh, you know, I do a fantasy box office game with, uh, summer movies and their opening, uh, box office and, and, you know, people drafted movies and who's, you know, combo has the, the best opening weekends. I do, uh, you know, CBS show Survivor, I turned that into a fantasy game. Oh, well, I didn't turn it into, I didn't, not like I came up with the idea, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I run a league for that too, so there's always something going on over there.
1: Yep, always a lot of fun, always a lot of good people you have uh, writing for you and contributing over there, so everybody go check them out over there at Fighting Chance Fantasy, but let's get into it. We'll start with the AFC West, and it finished last year, Chiefs 12-4, and 4, Chargers 12-4, and 4, Broncos 6-10, and 10, Raiders 4-12, and 12. We're kicking off with the AS West champs, the Kansas City Chiefs, one of the best offenses, offenses we've seen since probably the greatest show in turf or the Rams from last year. But um, it's led by one Patrick Mahomes, who just shredded the record books last year. And for many people, I haven't seen an argument yet, he's pretty much the consensus number one quarterback off the board. When you're entering drafts this year, how do you uh, approach Patrick Mahomes?
2: I'm probably not going to approach Patrick Mahomes. Uh, most of the drafts that I've done, I've seen him go, you know, second, third, at the latest fourth round, but mostly the second and third. And honestly, I think you're paying for pay, sorry paying for his ceiling. Uh, it was a magical year last year: fifty-one hundred yards, fifty touchdowns. And you know, he was a tenth overall pick a couple of years ago. I don't know that it's possible that he can repeat that. And I know I've, I've heard some people say, well, even if he loses eight touchdowns, that's still 42. I mean, we haven't seen a 50 touchdown guy in a while. And I don't know that I expect him to quite duplicate. If he ended up with 38, I really wouldn't, which would be a fantastic year. I don't know that I would be all that surprised. Uh, I, I certainly, he certainly got a bump with the unfortunate news that Tyree Hill was not being suspended. That certainly helped him an awful lot. Uh, but I I think Andrew Luck is right there with him for number one, if not slightly ahead. I think Luck has got a real shot at forty touchdowns, and I think he's got a shot at unseating Mahomes as the number one.
1: I like the the boldness on that call there because
2: I agree. I'm
1: pretty sure most agree that regression's coming, but going from fifty one even to forty would be a heck of a season. And you know, I, I've heard a lot of the things you've heard, I think as well. Or it's, well, if he does, you know, twenty five percent less, it's still the number one quarterback. All this, all this stuff. And that's all fine and dandy. and It's probably very true, and he's very good. But where he's going is a very high price tag. And you mentioned Andrew Luck, who we already know is in an offense that's going to throw it a lot. We already know he knows the offense very, very well for his whole career. He's got T.Y. Hilton. He's got some other new weapons. Uh, there, there's a lot to like with Andrew Luck. So if you are somebody that takes quarterback early, I usually don't. But I, I like the idea of maybe waiting a, a round or even a half a round or whatever, not jumping on a Mahomes and going for a Luck if that's your style. Because Mahomes is good and all, but you're asking quite a bit. And one thing, I haven't looked at their schedule completely, but just knowing from past NFL, when you win a division, you usually play a lot of division winners the next season. So it's usually Mm -hmm. tougher competition, where the Chiefs usually don't get that uh, most years. So it's another thing to take into consideration with Mahomes. When we look at the receivers now, you mentioned uh, Tyree Kill. That's uh, the NFL, that's all I can say. That's Mm -hmm. just the NFL doing NFL things. Uh, he's playing and we have to acknowledge he's going to be playing all year. And he's a force to be reckoned with when he's in the wide receiver position. You have Sammy Watkins and many people have talked up. Is there, are those the only two guys for you? Are there anybody else you're looking at? And with Tyree kill, we kind of have to put the off the field stuff away and assess it as this is fantasy football. And he will help you win games.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I just took him a couple of days ago in the second round of the Razz bowl. And, you know, I took a shower immediately after, but, uh, there's no denying the guy's talent, his speed, uh, and his, you know, big playmaking ability. So if you can, uh, you know, put the, uh, you know, real life aside from fantasy football, he should be another fantastic player this year. Uh, I've never been a Sammy Watkins guy I've seen. He's really well before the, the Hill suspension, of course, he, or non-suspension, he was being talked up even more. I mean, the guy's played like two, two full seasons in his career, uh, He's almost 65 receptions was his career high. That was his rookie year. And that was on 128 targets. So he's just, he's a low volume reception guy. 40 catches last year in, in just uh, 10 games. And that's with Patrick Mahomes having a record breaking season. So Mahomes threw for 5,100 yards and 50 touchdowns. Watkins got 519 of them in three touchdowns. So that's I, such a I, good I never have understood. I've never understood the hype on Sammy Watkins. He's someone when someone else drafts him, I'm like, oh, good. That's one more guy that I wanted that has a chance to fall to me. I-, I want nothing to do with him.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I'm looking at Fantasy Pros, Consensus ADPs, and PPR, and he's the 31st receiver off the board right after him. You have Dante Pettis, Kristen Kirk, Will Fuller. I take all of them. Uh, Sterling Shepard, I even take a chance on. So, yeah, Sammy's hype train's pretty high, and I'm with you. I just I can't bring myself to do it. Like you said, it was hard enough when he was the number one in other offenses. And now Mahomes has a career year and he still doesn't do much for your game. So that that's pretty tricky there. When looking at the Chiefs uh, depth chart, there's not a lot else in the receiving core I'm liking, except potentially another wide receiver, one that plays tight end named Travis Kelsey in the Razzle. I took him on the wraparound in round two, like the fourth pick of round two in my league in a best ball format. I thought that was fun and good because He's just a beast. Um, what's your thoughts on Travis Kelsey? And especially, you know, you're going to have to take him. Right. It's like the old days of Gronk almost where you're taking Travis Kelsey.
2: Yeah, I, and and he's definitely worth it. I, I don't see any way that you can not, you know, think that this guy is, is absolutely worth it. He went from 83 catches to 103 last year, 10 touchdowns, first time he hit double digits. But what I like about him most uh, is his consistency. Uh, if you look at his game log from last year, After week one, where he was one catch for six yards and everyone lost their mind, he didn't have another game until the AFC Championship game where he caught less than five balls. He had, you know, I think it was 900-yard games, scored, like I said, scored 10 touchdowns. It's just every week the guy produces. So, uh, you know, if you're the type to, to, uh, to take the tight end early, and I... I absolutely understand the value. I think he's there. Uh, in the past, when I've taken a tight end in the first two rounds, I've always felt like my team is lacking a little bit, so it's been difficult for me to pull the trigger in the past. But if you can, you can make that move, Kelsey. I think will pay off for you. He's he's just a monster. He's huge. He's got big yeah. hands, and he can make you know tacklers miss miss once he catches the ball. He's really kind of the full package. You
1: no, know, he's everything you want. And I, and I'm with you. I usually don't. It was if it wasn't a best ball league, I probably don't take him there. It's the fact that I can always, you know, no, now I don't have to go draft two tight ends in the middle of the, the the draft. I can draft a punt later, just in case something happens or whatever. It, it, it changed things up, so I'm treating them like a wide receiver one, and that and was the difference. Yeah, that was the difference there. Like in a regular draft, I usually don't take tight ends early either. Tight ends, quarterbacks, I wait. That's just that's how I've always done things. Knock on wood, it's been pretty successful. But Travis Kelsey, like like you said, if you can stomach it, if you've done the research, you you're comfortable with where you're next picks are coming from and if he stays healthy for all 16 games you are going to reap the benefits of Travis Kelsey so I see the, pro, the pros and the cons like usually I would talk guys off of it I'm all I'm all it if you can pull it off let's talk running backs This dynamic offense where they're going to throw it all over the place but they still had a phenomenal running game with Kareem Hunt and then Damian Williams once he stepped in last year Damian Williams is the guy in charge right now they like, people are hyped all over him but there's always that little group saying, "Well, he's never played a full year. This, that, and the other." So you got Carter's Hyde sitting there as well. What's your thoughts on Damian Williams and how important do you think handcuffing him is?
2: You know, this hamstring injury he has now has scared a few people away, but it's it's July 31st. I mean, there's so much time before games even matter that the hamstring injury doesn't really bother me. Uh, you know, he had a, an explosive end of the season. Which is great. Not only did, you know, he had a few huge runs, but he also, uh, you know, caught a good number of passes between the last few uh, few weeks and into the playoffs where he had five catches in each of the the two playoff games they in. Uh, so he is, especially in PPR leagues, he gives you a little bit of uh, you know, the, the double duty there. His ADP before the injury was creeping up a little bit into an area where I really wasn't comfortable. If I can get him to the mid-third would really be my sweet spot for him. If he cre- crept up a little bit past that, you know, I get to the point where uh, I think I you know might take a, a wide receiver in that area. Uh, but mid-third round is pretty much where I feel good about taking Damian Williams.
1: Now, if you are looking to possibly handcuff him, Carlos Hyde is there.
2: We know what Carlos
1: Hyde is. We, he's kind of that, that veteran that can be productive if, if necessary, but maybe not the full package. They also drafted Darwin Thompson out of Utah state and it's starting to become a little more buzzed about him, especially in late best ball drafts. If you had to pick one of the two, uh, do you have a preference or are you just kind of, are you an anti handcuff type guy?
2: Um, I don't know if I I wouldn't call myself anti handcuff, but I I, I would much rather try to take someone I think has got a, uh, you know, a shot at at giving me uh, a chance to get some production earlier in the season. Thompson's a little small, but well, short for me anyway. He's five eight, two hundred <laughs> big, two hundred pounds, a sixth round pick. Uh, I, you know, if if Williams went were to go down, I think we were looking more of at a committee between. Uh, I'm completely blanked on.
1: <laughs> Hyde, Hyde and Thompson.
2: Jeez, Hyde and Thompson. Yeah, uh, I don't know that neither one of the would would carry the value. I know the Chiefs tend to to pick one guy and, and go with him. But at that point, I, I don't see Hyde as a guy who's, who's going to be ultra successful. I think, I think that they would do a little bit of a, a committee there.
1: Yeah, it's tough. I'm with you there. I don't see Hyde being able to to carry the workload like he once did. I think there's other backup handcuff type backs. I'd rather take the the, the chance on and we'll talk about one of on the next team, stuff like that. Um, I just don't see it, but the, the, the argument I can agree with is this offense is so dynamic. Whoever's back there should flourish, but we'll wait and see. Like you said, it's a little hamstring injury. Hopefully, it's not too serious. Let's move on to the Los Angeles Chargers, and it's still very tough to say. Like I have to write it down and stare at the paper mm-hmm. to say Los Angeles Chargers still. Um, they finished 12-4 and last year. They were awesome. They went into the Baltimore, won a playoff game. I thought they were a dark horse to make a bigger run, but they just ran out of steam. But they're led by the one and only Philip Rivers, who's still ticking away, having babies, and being um, productive in a fantasy football landscape. He's basically free in drafts. Ryan, do you have any uh, interest in a guy like Philip? Because for myself, I know I end up finding him late in drafts, like year in and year out, and I just I'm good with what he does. But are you worried he's just, it's going to fall off? or are you are you good with him again this year?
2: No, I am all over Rivers uh again this year until i see it fall apart i'm gonna keep just riding this guy it's just every year production it's 4200 plus yards uh 27 plus touchdowns and it's been that way for at least the last five years and most of his entire career uh he hasn't had under 25 touchdowns i think george w bush was the was the president (laughs) last time this guy didn't throw 25 touchdowns i have no idea why he doesn't get the respect i love i'll take him in you know 10th round every single time. I don't know why the disrespect. Uh, he's got great weapons. He's got the competitive fire. It burns in him like few others. Uh, I think he's great. I, I've never been able to figure out why he doesn't get more love.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with you. I get him pretty much every single year because
2: I wait on quarterbacks and no one likes him. And I'm like, oh,
1: okay, it's the 10th, 11th, 12th round. I'll, I'll, I'll grab Philip now, I guess, because you guys just let him sit here his whole time. And like you said, he, he, the numbers he consistently puts up and Year after year, we see the charts of the difference between you know quarterback 5 and quarterback 20 is like only so many points usually. And Phillips just sits there. So why waste the draft pick? I get it if you if two quarterback leagues, whatever. But Phillips is so consistently good. He's going behind guys like Jameis Winston, Tom Brady, Big Ben, um, guys that I could see him competing with or doing better with because he's going to throw it all over the place. So 100% on board with you there. I think uh, it's, it's kind of silly the lack of love that uh, philip gets and he's got one of my favorite weapons a guy that i fall for every year and he gets hurt every year but when he's on the field my goodness keenan allen is a monster and he's a ppr gold they got mike williams who we saw kind of take that step towards the end of last season they drafted him high for a reason how are you assessing the keenan allen mike williams wide receiver landscape in los angeles
2: I mean I'm good with either of them they're both going to be productive uh Keenan Allen will clearly be the higher uh volume reception guy Well, I think Mike Williams will either keep pace with Keenan with touchdowns or maybe even catch you know one or two more I think he's more of the red zone threat while well, Keenan Allen is just the, the high quantity guy uh as long as like you said I, he burned me a few years ago and, I, and I'm still uh, it's, it's like that old girlfriend man it's just <laughs> I just can't go back uh but uh, He's he's just you can't argue with the, the production when he's when he's out there. Uh he is a top ten to twelve uh wide receiver, definitely someone that you should you should target. And Mike Williams would be great as a you know late two or or you're awesome as your third wide receiver. I think he's got a shot at double digit touchdowns.
1: Yeah, it's huge. And if for some reason Keenan gets hurt again, we saw what Williams production did last year. So he, he's a he's a big, big part of this offense. Hunter Henry at the tight end position, everyone was looking forward to him last year. Obviously, he had the ACL injury before the season even started. You know, he's in camp already. People are starting, you know, good things are being said about him. Everyone was so high on him last year. This year, they're kind of stepping back a little bit. What's your thoughts on Hunter Henry?
2: I took him as my starting tight end in the Scott Fishbowl. Bowl. So if that gives you an idea of how, I, you know, he, he was hurt all last year. Was able to to make his way back on the field, and uh, it just I don't know, any, see any reason why he wouldn't be what we hoped he would be last year. And we just talked about his quarterback being one of the best in football, so I I am uh, all aboard for Hunter Henry this year.
1: Yeah, you can get some serious value there because after the first, the top you know three, four, maybe five tight ends, it drops off pretty big. So get a guy like Hunter Henry, not a problem there. Let's go to the running back situation. We'll talk about the biggest part of this first. Melvin Gordon, he's pulling a Lev Bell right now. Uh, what I've heard though is he doesn't have the same leverage Lev Bell had. Where we found out, you know, by week twelve that oh he doesn't have to report to camp or to the team. It seems like Melvin Gordon does because it, the 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 Bell thing was franchise tag. Hold on to the story. Gordon's actually losing like thirty grand a day or something every day he's not there. So he's actually needs to show up. Apparently, A. Do you think Melvin shows up? And B. Since we don't know what's going on. Where would you be comfortable taking him on draft day?
2: You know, like I was saying earlier, uh, you know, we're still a ways away from football. And he's not a guy who I think really needs a a very, uh, you know, long preseason to be ready for this to go for week one. Uh, So I am calling his bluff. I, I am not dropping him down my proverbial rankings. I think he's gonna report. I think he's gonna have another good season. And I I'm not buying into this what he's pulling right now. I think uh within a couple weeks, I think you're gonna see him show up. Mad or not, but I, I expect him to be there in plenty of time to start the season. Maybe I'm naive. I don't know. Maybe it's a new age of, of player who's who's gonna, you know, hold out for for their long term best interest. But I, I don't know. I don't I don't see another player sitting the whole season like Bell did last year. I, I, I'm i not scared of Melvin Gordon right now.
1: Yeah, I, I have the, the, the feeling that I'm with you that he doesn't uh, hold out for the season. He might just, you know, miss camp, show up after, like, game three or something and practice, don't play in game four. Something along those lines because, yes, he does not need a lot of time to get loose. That's for darn sure. But um, I could see him doing that whole holdout deal. Per se, he's going to be there for 16 games this year. Do you, where where would you have him in the top, uh, you know, there's the top four, there's Barkley, McCaffrey, Elliott, Kamara, whoever you want to rank those. After the big four, where would you have Melvin Gordon?
2: I'd say in the six to eight range. uh, I think I have David Johnson fifth, and then it gets a little muddy with Gordon and James Connor and, you know, a couple other guys. Uh, I, I would not, Hesitate to pull the trigger at six. Uh, I think you could probably argue a guy or two uh, also in there. But I think right now, Gordon, I think, would be my number six.
1: I like it. I like it. Lastly, if for some reason Gordon doesn't show up and we know if he gets hurt, we got the Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson train. They both had their moments last year. Who would you prefer out of that bunch?
2: If I had to pick one, it would be Justin Jackson. I don't see Eckler being a – not an every down back, but even a guy who's going to get 20 to 25 touches. I don't think that. Uh, I think – I honestly don't, don't think either one. I, I think you'd see a lot of Jackson on running downs and Eckler on passing downs if, if Gordon does hold out. So I think, again, I hate to you know, say the same thing twice, but I, I think you'd see a lot of committee uh, in that case as well because Eckler's a nice change of pace when, when Gordon's in there, but he had – Four games last year where he had ten carries, so he, I don't. I can't see him all of a sudden, uh, you know, picking up the slack and being someone who got got fifteen to twenty carries a game. Uh, PPR league, I I'd, I'd probably take Eckler because I you know the the pass catching, uh, but I think Justin Jackson has the chance to be a bigger home run hitter and someone to uh, to help you more from week to week.
1: Yeah, I hundred percent agree with you there. I remember last year when Gordon was hurt. Uh, Jackson had his biggest games when Eckler was also out. When Eckler was the "quote unquote" number one, he had pretty good games, but it was because of the passing game. So it was almost like when they were both in the lineup, unless Eckler was getting much passes, they were both kind of canceling each other out. Basically, what you're saying. And I remember that's how it was last year. So um, I, I think I prefer Eckler just because I play in PPR leagues. But yeah, Jackson's a really, really good downhill runner. We saw that in the game where he was the bell cow. He tore it up. But it, it, I agree, it, it sounds like you know repetitive, like you said, but similar to Kansas City, very good offense, but they're, they got two different guys for two different roles, where Gordon's a, a guy for both roles where, and uh, Williams will be a guy for both roles. The backups are kind of split roles. So we'll see how that plays out. Let's go to Denver. This offense was puke-tastic last year. and honestly, They said they got an elite quarterback, but I'm not buying it. What's your thoughts on Joe Flacco besides his just masculine, I am hugging trees beard. What's your thoughts on Joe Flacco up there in Denver?
2: I do think he's a very good upgrade over last year, but I don't think. Set the bar high. Yeah, that's not really saying much. Uh, I I think he'll bring some stability to the offense, but that's about it. I I don't, I didn't launch anyone up my rankings on denver because they signed joe flacco he's okay uh you know on a really good year he'll throw 30 touchdowns of course this was on you know baltimore didn't exactly ask him to, to throw the ball 50 times a lot but uh you know he's aging he was you know easily pushed out for lamar jackson last year and he's okay he'll he'll be better but uh, you know he's a long way from making me excited
1: yeah the best way i could talk about flacco is like he's a game manager um, he's going to keep them in games most of the time. Even in a two QB league, I doubt I even draft him. That's <laughs> just where I kind of am there. But uh, we'll wait and see. They drafted Drew Locke. They have un- uh, undrafted uh, rookie Brett Ripon in camp. Uh, it's a job for now. There's a good chance we see Drew Locke sometime this season. So keep an eye on all that. The receiving core, we just kind of knocked on the quarterback. They have Cortland Sutton, who had signs of life once in a while. Same with Emmanuel Sanders. We don't like Flacco. Do you like any of the receivers?
2: You know, Sanders is coming off the Achilles injury, uh, but you know everything so far has uh, has actually looked good. He looks like he's not going to go on the pup list. Uh, you know, thirty-two, so it's not exactly a spring chicken, but not an old man either. Uh, but he can be an elite option when he's uh, when he's healthy. So if he continues to show that he is, uh, you know, on his way or mostly back from this injury. I think he's someone that's very draftable. Uh, After that, uh, I I know people like Cortland Sutton a lot. He was one of their higher draft picks last year. But he didn't exactly show a whole lot, you know, last year. Of course, the the offense looked terrible and the quarterback play was terrible. So hopefully maybe with a veteran, uh, it will improve a little bit for Sutton. You know, he would be a a guy who's more of a possession receiver but he's going to be at least my fourth or fifth wide receiver. He's not a guy that I'm going to draft with a lot of hope of, of, you know, really saving my season. Yeah,
1: I'm with you there. They drafted Noah Font uh, out of college this year. On paper, he's he's projected to probably be their number one, if not get a a good share of playing time by season's end. Um, We've talked about how kind of bleak the tight end landscape is after the big guys. Does Noah font ring a bell for you? Because Flacco has shown tendencies in the past to like his tight ends. So.
2: He's certainly someone if you have a deeper roster I could see selecting. Uh he's not someone that I would want to be my starting tight end. Uh what comes into a lot of question is his blocking, which I know people say, "Well, there's no points for blocking, but you can't get your butt on the field if you can't block for the quarterback." And you don't exactly have the most agile guy back here, Flacco. So it's not like you know uh, he's going to uh, you know shake the rush if it comes around. So they really have to protect him. Uh, so that's been the knock on him so far the hands are all you know very good comes out of iowa same school that did uh kittle a couple years ago i know that Mm -hmm. one has nothing to do with the other but as a 49er fan i wanted to work in so you know if he's if you have a deeper roster and you can you can stash a guy for four or five weeks to see what his role might be or if you're in a dynasty league that has a taxi squad or something like that he's a perfect fit uh if you're in a regular old league with, you know, four bench spots, I'm probably leaving them on the wire. Yeah,
1: I'm with you there. Uh, the last bit of the discussion here for the Denver Broncos' lackluster offense is the running back, which did produce quite a talented fantasy back last year in Phillip Lindsay. He's going 21st back off the board this year, which kind of surprised me a tad bit after what we saw last year. But there's, there's uh, factors involved, obviously. And then you have Royce Freeman who people thought would be the guy at some point last year, never really panned out reports out of camp are, they're pretty happy with how he's looking this season. You know how early camp reports are. you take him with a massive grain of salt. Mm -hmm. But when you look at this running back situation, this is an area where we could possibly find some
2: fantasy goodness.
1: Do you like anything with Philip Lindsay or Royce Freeman?
2: I like Lindsay a lot. I've been, you know, on board with drafting him. I think I I got him in uh, a fishbowl satellite. Uh, I, he looked great last year. You know, he came in and 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 kind of took the job away from Freeman. I was a Freeman guy last year. I, I drafted him in a few different leagues, and I was and I was like, ah, he's not. This kid's not going to take Freeman's job. They they you know used an early draft pick on him, and, and clearly you see how that worked out for me. Uh, but Lindsey was just dynamic. I mean, the the yards per carry was just ridiculous. Five point four for the season uh, on almost two hundred carries, and he had four or five games where he averaged seven yards a carry. Uh, so. I, I fully expect Lindsey to, to hold on to the job this year again. Uh, Freeman is someone you can throw a dart at in the later rounds. If you get in the double-digit rounds, 10, 11, 12, I, I don't have a problem with, with taking a shot at him. But, you know, we've been kind of trashing this offense all, all this you know entire segment. So I don't expect Denver to throw up 35 points a week. So there's only going to be so many points to go around. And, and to me, I think the majority of them are going to go to Phillip Lindsey.
1: That's a very, very valid point. It's tough to uh, be productive. It's like baseball. You want to get closers, but the team doesn't win, so it's very tough to get saves. If they're not scoring points, it's tough to get fantasy points. It's plain and simple. So, uh, good point there. Let's move on to another team where the offense might be better, but it's still the Oakland Raiders. They finished 4-12 last year. Gruden, he's entertaining. Hard Knock starts next Tuesday night. I I can't wait for that (laughs) because – it, Gruden right now is reporting in camp he loves the way Nate Peterman looks at him yeah. as a possible backup. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I've never coached a game in my life. I could do better than that.
2: <laughs> you know he usually like Nate Peterman? The opposing team's defensive coordinator because he always pads all of their stats. That's yeah, who that, usually like Nate Peterman, not his head coach.
1: Exactly. The Chiefs defense in at home on a, a cold winter day would love Nate Peterman. Um, I saw a
2: stat last year on Interrupt Your Run real quick. I can't remember at what point of the season. But I saw a stat that said Peterman's quarterback rating would have been better if he threw every ball into the ground instead yes. of the number of interceptions he threw.
1: Oh, so, it, it was crazy. It was crazy what he did. It's he like is, in, he did in the worst. In DFS, if you didn't start the defense about him, you should have just given your money to someone else. <laughs> like It was the easiest play in the world when they said Nate Peterman was starting. But the guy that's in his way for now is Derek Carr, <laughs> who yes. – it's like we've seen glimpses in his career, but overall, I haven't seen a full season outside of one year where he was really good. I don't, I don't really trust what Gruden's doing there. But do you have it? Do you have any like for Derek Carr?
2: I have some like for Derek Carr. Uh, I used to have a lot more like for Derek Carr, and then I watched the previous two seasons, and it. it It's faded some. Uh, I do still think it's there. Uh, 15 and 16, 2015, 2016, he threw 60 touchdowns in two seasons. So it's there. And just short of 4,000 yards in in both years, he threw for 40, 49 last year. So the talent is there. I am really worried about just Gruden in general and how he's running this team. He was out of the league for a long time and doing goofy stuff on TV. And I don't know if he's just lost it. Uh, or, or what's going on? I, I want to believe in Derek Carr. Uh, of course, they brought in Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams, two you know really good weapons for him to throw to. Uh, so he's got you know definitely an upgrade there. <sighs> he's certainly not a quarterback one car. Uh, I would probably have him you know in the back half of the teams, the 16-20 range. I, I think that's realistically where he has to be with the depth of quarterbacks right now. But I think he has the chance to to creep into that top fifteen uh really good year would have him in the top twelve. I don't see that, but I could see him outperforming his draft position uh with the with the additions of Browns Brown and Williams.
1: Yeah, right now he's twentieth quarterback off the board. So in two QB leagues, which people are trending towards now, he's getting drafted. He's getting he's playing on teams. He's going in front of guys like Matt Stafford, Nick Foles, and Sam Darnold. So it's he's getting appreciation a little bit but it's just so tough because the biggest factor to me is like you said with Gruden he just seems to be clueless to the new era of football and that just terrifies me to what's going on but you mentioned Antonio Brown and Tyro Williams coming in Tyrell Williams from the Chargers Brown from the obviously from the Steelers you know Brown's saying all the right things that's his boy Derek Carr all this good stuff but we know how that goes when he doesn't start getting the football ask Big Ben all about that um brown's still going early in draft tyrell williams not so much but he could give you some late round value potentially how do you look at those do you like Carr a bit you might like those guys i'm assuming
2: brown i could see certainly taken in the second round uh, i still think he's will easily be a top 10 receiver with a chance of being a top five depending on how the raiders offense does play out you know if, if it's better than last year i could i could see brown being a top five he's just amazing hands uh, you know elusive after the catch uh you know knows for the end zone uh, wants to be seen wants to be the best Uh, obviously he can't act the way he acts if he doesn't produce uh so so there's that for him so yeah i'm still fine with antonio brown clearly he gets a little bit of a downgrade at quarterback uh, but hopefully you know if things don't all just implode for the raiders again like last year i think brown will be fine tyrell williams to me is a best ball guy. He's the kind of guy you want to target in best ball. He's not a high volume reception guy, but he's going to be the one who catches for 103 yards and two touchdowns one week. And, and, you know, one, one catch for 12 yards the next week. That That's kind of his MO. He, I don't think he had, he had one game last year where he had more than five catches. Uh, so that's what you're getting there. You're getting low number of catches, say three to four and you're going to get five or six games where he's either going to have multiple touchdowns or 100 yards, and the rest of them you're going to be, you know, kicking salt and drinking beers.
1: Yep, Tyrell Williams, you're looking for the yeah, ball in place. Yeah, that's, that's what you're looking for. So with you on that one, the tight end position I think can be quick here. They have Darian Waller. They really don't have a tight end. Do you agree with me there?
2: Yeah, he's a converted receiver. He's a big dude, 6'6", 255. Uh, you know, they're saying all the right things about him. He's a He's a – you know if you're in a two tight end league which god bless you if god you forbid are, if you are um,
1: yes <laughs>
2: yeah i mean someone you can throw a dart at at the end but or someone to put on your watch list and not not draft Hey, hey you know watch this kid the first couple of weeks and see you know what they're able to do with him he's a name to to know but not really anyone to draft
1: yeah i'm with you there heading to the running back position this is kind of the most uh i guess fantasy volatile name out there right now. You either love him or you hate him, but Josh Jacobs, 18th running back off the board, uh, drafted this year by the Raiders. There's a lot of love for him. Like I said, but there's some people that are saying there's no way he's worth this value because it's the Raiders. What's your thoughts on Josh Jacobs?
2: The, my concern with him, and this was, was brought up on our show a few weeks ago, uh, is not necessarily, because he doesn't really have much on the the roster to to challenge him for for carries. Doug Martin is Come on. I don't know how yeah. much longer we're going to go with the Doug Martin uh, idea. That's not happening. Jalen Richard is, is a pass catcher and not, not much else. So Jacobs doesn't have a, a lot of, of uh, you know competition for carries. Here's the problem that I have with him going that high. And it's more in his ADP uh, is, is a little more for me to swallow than, than anything else. One, he doesn't really catch passes out of the backfield. Uh, he had three games last year at Alabama out of 15 where he had, three catches or more. So every other game, 12 games, he had either two catches, one catch, or no catches. So you're you're probably not going to get a lot out of the passing game from him. Two is he wasn't even carrying the load as a college back. Uh, Looking at his game log from last year, he had four games where he even had 10 carries for Alabama, two games where he had 15 carries. So you're looking at 11 games where he carried the ball nine or fewer times. So now he's supposed to go to the NFL and carry the ball 15 to 20 times in a faster game with bigger guys and, you know, probably not a monstrous offensive line in front of him like he had in Alabama. <laughs> so there's a lot of concern as far as I'm concerned for Jacobs. At his, if, if he was going in the sixth round as my third running back, I'd feel a little bit better about it. But he's not. He's going, what, third or fourth round as your second running back. Uh, I, I, I am concerned. I have concerns about Jacobs living up to his potential.
1: Yeah, that's kind of my thoughts. It's hard for me to go out on a limb with the Raiders' rookie running back that hasn't proven he's a workhorse running back, and that's that's where I get kind of lost in the situation. The talent level might be there, but I don't think it's worth that price tag. We'll see. I probably won't own any Josh Jacobs this year. It's the the way I can see it. All right, let's go to the NFC West. Some more fun to talk about here. You got the Rams thirteen and three, Seahawks ten and six, Niners four and twelve, Cardinals three and thirteen. Some of these teams should be a little better than they were last year, but the Rams should still be outstanding, Ryan. And it starts with one Jared Goff. And it's a conversation I know you probably had, and I've heard it many places is Goff is going off the board in like the middle to end of like he's between 15 or 20th quarterback off the board in most, uh, in most drafts right now. I just pulled up. He's actually gone up to 11th. Now he's actually starting to, to, to pipe up here a bit. That's impressive. So things have changed a bit for Goff. But the argument is, if you love his weapons so much, why don't you love Goff? Do you think Goff should be higher than that or lower than the 11th quarterback off the board?
2: This is ridiculous because, like I said before, I'm a 49er fan. And I love the Rams and all of their players. I don't love the Rams, but I love their players. And it starts with Jared Goff. The man is awesome. They're fun. Yeah, they're great to watch. They're just exciting. They're explosive. I love everything about them. Uh, And it sucks because I have to play them twice a year and they murder my team uh but he's i, I love jared goff he, i absolutely have no problem with him being my number one uh quarterback uh 32 touchdowns last year 28 the year before he's just getting better you know more time in the system with sean McVay. he's got three dynamic receivers uh he's got a, a running back who can catch the ball out of the backfield like no other you know nobody else uh he's any play can go to the end zone for the Rams and I, just, I love it. I, I I can't take enough Goff.
1: Well, if you love Goff, and like we said, he's the 11th quarterback off the board. So if you play the waiting on quarterback game, you can get a guy that's going to throw the ball all over the field and he has some outstanding weapons to throw to. You have um, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup, who's supposed to be healthy and ready to rock and roll. We know what Cooks and Woods can do. They're both like usually 1A, 1B to each other each week. One's kind of more of a, Uh, Like a solid floor PPR back, where there's the other one with the high high ceiling, and then there's Cooper Cup. Like you can get cut later than those two. If you're going into a draft, how do you try to approach this this wide receiving core? Like who do you want to come out of this with? Who's like I don't want to say like Mary F. Kill, but like what do you do with these three receivers?
2: I would love to come out with one of them. I I think all three of them are going to be fantastic. They were last year. Cups uh, season, of course, was was cut short by the injury. Uh, But he was... I, I hate to play the extrapolation game, but in eight games, he had 40 receptions and six touchdowns. So you're looking at and, and almost uh, 600 yards. So you're looking at 80, 1,200 and 12 touchdowns. Yes, please. Pretty good.
1: Pretty darn good. Yeah.
2: And, and, you know, of course you're a little concerned. He tore the ACL in November. So it's not like he's a full year off. Uh, but as far as I know, you know, all reports have, have been that he's, he's looking good right now that he, even if he maybe, you know, uh, isn't ready for week one, which right now I know McFay said he he should be. Uh, it's not going to be long uh, into the season before he's ready, and he's really, really good. Uh, if you can't get one of the first two, I, I absolutely love Cooper Cup. I'd love to come out of every draft with a Rams receiver.
1: Yeah, I'm 100% with you there. Now, when you get to the tight end situation, it's a little different. With Garrett, uh, Gerald Everett, Tyler Higbee, they both had moments where they were really good last year. It just never seemed like you could count on one each week. You didn't really know where it was going to go. Would you be trying to draft either one of these guys, or is there other options you'd rather be going to?
2: Yeah, to me, this is the one spot where the Rams offense kind of leaves it for me is that tight end. Uh, there's only so many balls to go around. Uh, and so I, I guess I would take Everett if I had to take one of them. Uh, but, yeah, I think that, that tight end was last year year i think will be better this year i can't i just, just having a guy whose name is higby i don't know i just i can't see him being <laughs> a, a dynamic uh so if i had to pick one i'd take Everett. but he's he certainly not uh you know high on my radar
1: all right let's go to the running back situation we got todd Gurley, who we know got hurt towards the end of last year he was having just another monster season He's supposed to be kind of healthy, but he's already having some issues. Like, they're already kind of – they're already foreshadowing that don't expect things to be the same this year. They want to give, like, 25 to 35% of the workload to, to the backups, potentially Daryl Henderson. Gurley's the eighth running back off the board last this right now. How do you approach Todd Gurley come draft time, and then what do you do with his backups?
2: I'm going – I'm going – all in on Gurley if i draft him uh here's why i mean uh, say he does 25 percent less we we played this game with with uh patrick mahomes earlier he's still having a fantastic season uh you know he had 21 total touchdowns last year so 25 percent less it's still 15 touchdowns uh he had 60 receptions so that's 45 receptions uh still a thousand yards uh and he did miss those couple games so I love Gurley. Uh, of course, there's there's some risk there with this arthritis in the knee, uh, but you know, fantasy football Twitter was was you know pitter patter about this, uh, you know four or five weeks ago and it was like i i didn't understand these reports were coming out of nowhere like they weren't news reports no it was people on the internet saying well his days as a a bell cow are over who said nobody said that no one didn't say that there's no doctor who said that it was just we had nothing else to talk about so people were projecting things about todd Gurley. uh i love to watch this guy run uh he's awesome he's another he's impossible to take down with an arm tackle uh he's powerful yet fast he's got uh, just a history of finding the end zone uh 30 touchdowns on the ground alone in the last two years the injury concern is real I'm I'm not going to deny it I'm not going to say if I draft him that uh, you know I'm not watching you know every week to say oh god I hope he comes out of it my problem with Henderson is Whereas ADP is makes me not want to handcuff Gurley. I, if, you know, in that round, I still think there's guys that can help you that have a chance of taking the job, like uh, Deonta Foreman, for example, is somebody that I like that has a chance to to take over from Lamar Miller. You know, if Gurley does stay healthy, Henderson's not going to do a lot. So I mean, you're gonna you're gonna kind of take two picks in the first eight rounds and. One of them, you know, fantasy football between buys and injuries, every roster spot is like solid gold. So it's hard to really throw one away waiting for someone who might get injured. So, uh, you know, if I take Gurley, I'm all in and, and just, uh, you know, hoping for the best.
1: Yeah, A couple of things there. Like you just said it there with the Henderson part. For me, when you're taking a handcuff, if you take them in like round 12, 13. OK, but yeah, Henderson's got to go so early. It's just you're wasting Valuable drafts like, like that's a really good wide receiver three probably right there. Or right. a good running back three that's actually starting for a football team. Like those are things you're missing out on by taking Henderson, who you might not even play the entire season. So that that's a tough part. The other thing with Gurley, like you said, if he still gets reported, you know, seventy to seventy five percent of the carries, for me, I don't know I don't know how people do math around here, but that's still the, the Bell Cow back. That that's how that works. If uh, if you need a pie chart to show you who's got the workload there. But um, I actually like the idea of them lightening his workload per game. It might keep him healthy to play all 16 games. That's another hunch. So yeah. I, I'm with you. I've, I've been a huge Todd Gurley fan. I had him a couple years ago. Um, I didn't get him last year because I didn't have the number one pick. But um, he's, he's so, so good. And I like the idea of him falling again this year. Just grab him on up. Enjoy what he does. And if he gets hurt, he gets hurt. Football injuries happen. Like that's just the way it's going to work. And the last thing is – They're calling arthritis in his knee. For people that don't know, if you have surgery at any time, now you have arthritis. Like once they cut into you, you'll have arthritis the rest of your life, wherever they cut into you at. That's just how it works. So there's a lot of guys on the field with arthritis, if you want to start pointing fingers. Uh, But that's my little soapbox, and I'll get off of it now. Seattle Seahawks finished 10-6 and last year. I knew they were okay. 10-6 and surprised me, to be quite honest. I did not think they reached a double-digit plateau. They have Russell Wilson, who is just so awesome. He does so much with so little. Um, I've always been a big Doug Baldwin fan. Last year really sucked. I and mean, he's he's obviously not there anymore. But uh, Russell Wilson is a guy that was still a top echelon, like one of the top QB ones by season's end. And again, like I said, did it with nothing. He doesn't have a lot to start with on paper. What's your thoughts on Russell Wilson going into 2019?
2: You know, I- He's a magician. I, I just don't understand how somehow he continues to be as productive as he is with you know, like you said, it's it's getting to the point where his weapons are almost garbage. I mean Baldwin was great. He was he was not the same guy last year. Uh and then outside of Tyler Lockett, there wasn't a whole lot uh and he still pulled out uh 35 touchdowns uh, you know through the air which was very impressive that's a really good season uh you know he's not running quite as much as he has in the past uh his 67 rushes last year were a career low and and by a decent margin it was one year he had 72 but other than that he's been in the 90s and over 100 so clearly as he's getting a little older he's not running as much as he used to so he's not quite giving you that much value but uh I don't know how he does He's got no offensive line, uh, no name weapons, uh, and somehow still threw 35 touchdowns. I, I don't know how he does it. But until – you know, he's still – I'm not going to put him as a top five quarterback, but he's definitely still a top 12.
1: Yeah, that's my thing. It's like he's a, a – like if you really, really punt the position, he's a late quarterback one for you. Um, if you have 2QP league, I think he's sneaky nice if he's sitting around there. And like that, say tenth, eleventh round on a turn. If you want to get weird with it, I, I doubt he lasts that long in two QB league. But if you can get him late, I think there's so much to like with him. I can't what podcast I was listening to the other day. They called it the Russell Wilson Lions. Like, I'm going to sit there and sit there and sit there. And if Russell Wilson finally gets picked, then I'll take a quarterback because it's like there's so much goodness behind him, and even at his point, that's like the bar set so low like people the expectations are so low for him it's crazy and it makes sense because you look at the receivers dk metcalf tyler lockett david moore jerron brown metcalf the rookie but brown Moore, and lockett were all there last year and lockett was i guess the most consistent like you said out of the bunch but david moore had his games where he'd start scratching your head going where the heck did he come from like three catches for 40 yards and two touchdowns Jaron brown every once in a while was okay people love dk metcalf what's your take on this receiving court because personally for me it's hard to pick one and feel comfortable.
2: I mean, I'm good with, with Tyler Lockett. Uh, I did try to take him, uh, you know, my Razzle Bowl draft is currently going. Uh, I tried to take him, I think in the fifth round and I was sniped by our good friend, Justin Mason right before. Uh, so I wasn't able to get him, but I, you know, he's kind of been a breakout waiting to happen for a couple of years. Uh, so I do think, especially with, uh, Baldwin now gone, I, I do expect, uh, Lock it to have a very good season. Not a hundred catches by any stretch. You know, maybe eighty catches, but I think he's got a shot at having double digit touchdowns. Uh, you know, thousand yards, maybe eleven 1, hundred tops. So I think he'll he'll be a pretty decent wide receiver too. Uh, and then after that, I, I, there's there's not a lot. I think it's going to be a lot of guys contributing. It's going to be. I, I have no love for Jeron Brown. Not a big fan of David Moore. Uh, DK Metcalf. We'll see. Nice abs, dude. But you know, you got to learn to <laughs> run a route in the NFL and, and catch the ball. You know, you're not going to be. I, I guess every you know half the wide receivers are pretty boys. So maybe maybe that will play, but. uh you know, Pete Carroll's not going to stand for that crap, no. and I don't think he can rule Russell Wilson. I think this kid's going to have to get himself straight, learn the playbook, learn to run a few routes, and, and you know, put his shirt on right.
1: Yeah, I'm usually not a big fan of rookie uh, wide receivers to begin with, and uh, what with the persona he has brought to the field, I'm even less of a fan of him. Like I love Russell Wilson, and we've already kind of professed our, our like a, a, a appreciation for what he does. But DK Metcalf, like you said, I don't think Russell's going to appreciate him very much unless there's more behind the scenes we don't know about there because it just doesn't seem like the, the right connection. Um, tight end position, you know, Nick Vanette, Will Disley, they had their moments last year. Personally, I don't think I'll be touching either one of these guys. Do you have any interest in the tight end position? Absolutely not. Nope. Yeah. All right. The running game, though, this is what they do because this is why what Russell Wilson did throwing the balls even more impressive is they pound the living daylights out of the rock. Chris Carson, Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny had a couple games. We thought he'd be number one, but he wasn't. Carson was awesome when he was healthy and had the number one role. I think Penny will get some love again this year. But as much as they want to run the ball, like literally 35 to 40 times a game if they have it their way, um, they both can be productive. How do you assess this running back situation in Seattle?
2: To me, I'm taking – when appropriate in the appropriate spot, I'm taking Chris Carson and I'm fine with it. Like you said, he uh he ran the ball very well last year, and this, of course, the the Seahawks are going to run the ball uh a lot again this year. Penny, when given the opportunity later in the season, because early in preseason and early in the season, he was awful. Uh, after the bye, at a couple games where he looked okay. Uh, you know, people are taking that and then extrapolating him like, oh, he's a first round pick, uh, he's certainly going to you know be a lot better this year. I, I thought it was stupid that the Seahawks picked him in the first round. Uh, I think he'll get some run, but I think Carson is going to be the guy who gets the vast majority of it. And I think is going to be a solid uh, running back two on your team. Uh, Penny's a guy you can get in the, you know, maybe the eighth, ninth, 10th round and and you know maybe hope you get a wild card or, or, you know, catch some ball out of the backfield, but without a Carson injury, I don't, I don't think Penny is going to have huge fantasy value this year.
1: Okay. Good to hear. Cause yeah, I've heard some hype on Penny. I love Carson. I think I think he's gonna be a great, great running back and where you can get him in a lot of drafts like right now, uh in PPR according to fantasy pros, ADP, you're getting Carson twenty-seventh off the board. He's going after guys like Mark Ingram, Sony Michelle, Kenyon Drake, James White, then goes Chris Carson. Like those guys are good, don't get me wrong, but that's some serious value. That's like you said, running back two. If you're aggressive with running backs, that's running back three in some leagues and that's that's depth with Chris Carson because they are going to run and run and run in Seattle. So that that's, and he's uh, that's proven pretty- the
2: carry Load. I mean, he had like yep. five or six games where he, you know, had 20 plus carries and one yep. 30 against the Cowboys. So he's already, you know, proven that he can handle being the every down back.
1: Yeah, and he can even throw in four to five catches on some games too. Like he's he's a total package back. I'm kind of surprised by that draft value to be honest. All right. When I was planning out my schedule and I knew I was doing the NFC West on this one, that's when I contacted you. I said, okay, I always try to get guys that have a team on the in the mix here somewhere. I know your Niners love I'm out here. I'm, I'm a couple hours from San Francisco. I've gone to many games in San Francisco. They're like my, my second team since I live out here. The Niners were disappointing last year, and it all started when Jimmy G got hurt. Jimmy G's healthy this year. Are we buying back in? Because last year before the season started, it was – the Niners are going to have a shot in this division. Are we back in with Jimmy G?
2: Well, I don't think they have a shot at winning the division, as long as the Rams are there, and I don't know that they'll Okay, finish. wild card. Wild card. I think, I mean, if he stays healthy, yeah, I think they got a real shot at the wild card. I mean, hopefully Garoppolo is that guy that last six games from two years ago uh, looked not great, but pretty decent, you know, in, in the couple of games he, before he just wouldn't run out of bounds and tore his ACL, <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, he's certainly the the future, uh, and the well the present. I would say I uh, have his jersey, so he better pan out. And they, <laughs> and they also brought in a bunch more weapons for him. So I, yes, I think yeah. you know the offensive line is is not fantastic, but it's a long way from bad. Uh, it's all there. It's just a matter if if it comes together. Am I drafting Jimmy Garoppolo as my starting quarterback in a fantasy league? No, I'm not. I just I can't off of six games and, and a missed season last year. There are too many good quarterbacks. Uh, I can name 12 that I would feel more comfortable with than him. I, I have all kinds of man love for him, but it's fantasy. I got to play with my head. And he's a magnificent second. But I it's boy, unless you're taking two real quick, which I think is a mistake. Uh, I don't think he's going to be in drafts. Shouldn't be a top 12 quarterback.
1: I'm with you. He's uh, the only way he goes and drafts is if you're in a, a Homer league, like I'll probably my home league coming up here. It's like 80% Niner fans. Jimmy G will be, get drafted at the start of the quarterback. That's just how it's going to go. And I'm going to laugh the whole time while I'm sitting in my chair but um, other than that yeah, he shouldn't get drafted in a lot of leagues.
2: He's my second quarterback in my fishbowl league. Uh, but I also drafted Nick Mullins. I handcuffed a quarterback in that one. Uh, but I don't Mull- hate that.
1: That's not bad yeah, because Mullins is good.
2: Yeah, yeah. He showed he showed all kinds of, of, of uh, talent last year. Uh, I thought they might trade him in the offseason to get, you know, capitalize on his his so if Jimmy goes down you know you, you you have Mullins clearly is a guy that should be picked up and the good thing for I'm sure we're going to talk about the rest of the team the good thing for them if Jimmy goes down it's not death to everyone else's value because Mullins yep. clearly showed he could run this offense last year
1: exactly and let's talk about some of those weapons we'll start with the one Dante Pettis now when he was drafted I was pumped a lot of people were like what are they doing getting a kick I, returner I was like I was no <laughs> well you were that guy
2: I was pissed. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell did we just have to kick? I, I just I didn't see the point. But God, I, he changed my mind last year.
1: I love his like ability to kind of the short slot pass routes that you know the kind of stuff that um, Shanahan likes to run. I liked what I saw with Pettis, and he started. He did deep routes. He did it all last year. I love. So the, the the hype is the hype is up now. Like people are on onto him. What's your thoughts on Dante Pettis coming to this year now?
2: I I am all about him. Uh, I think he is is one of the better values uh, in drafts right now. I picked him in my, again, going back to my Razzle Bowl draft. They must be thrilled if they listen to the show, how much I've talked about it. Uh, He is my third receiver there. Uh, I think I took him in the sixth round and I – I was thrilled to do it. Uh, absolutely pull the trigger on that. I think Pettis is going to be their number one receiver. I, I liked his his speed, his ability to create some separation. He's got a little bit of an attitude without being, you know, a complete jerk. Uh, I, I like, I loved everything I saw from him last year, and I expect him to take a, a, even more of a step forward this year. Hey,
1: right now he's a 30-second ride receiver off the board. Before him is Sammy Watkins, Robbie Anderson, Allen Robinson, Alshon Jeffrey. I would take Pettis over all of them. Me too. Um, I'd probably take Pettis even over Jarvis Landry. Um getting towards DJ Moore gets questionable. I'd take him over Tyler Lock. Like I I'm a big fan of Dante Pettis this year. I especially in a PPR league, I think, this, I think you have a pretty good year with Dante Pettis. Um outside of that though, they brought a lot of weapons in. They brought Jordan Matthews in. They had Marquise Goodwin last year. They have um Jalen Hurd. they're trying to convert to a, a, a talented receiver. You got Trent Taylor who was there at times this year. Kendrick Bourne was there last year. There's so many options. If you had to look for like a number two or a number three here, where are we going right now?
2: You know, Goodwin will probably be the number two. He's another one of those best ball guys. He's going to have some huge catches because he's a burner who can just get behind the offense. He won some race for a million dollars. I think it was a 40-yard dash or something. Some ridiculous. He, are, he, are,
1: he already came out. He was a long jumper in the 2012 Olympics. He's already come out saying he wants to compete in a 2020 token. Yeah, I saw that. I'm not
2: that thrilled about it, but they don't they don't ask my opinion. So, and uh, also, yeah. you know, Debo Samuel, the, the other rookie that they drafted this year, I have a lot of hope for him as a, a, a good, solid possession receiver uh, out of South Carolina. They picked him with the 36th overall pick. Uh, so, if you're like real late in drafts, uh, you know, he's someone else that you can learn into their number three. Uh, like you said, a lot of a lot of names, but not a lot of. Uh, Real, you know, guys that you exactly household names.
1: Yeah, but what do you need these household names for? When you have Dante Pettis and at tight end, you have George Kittle, who is just amazing. Like outside of Kelsey, it's like Kelsey Kittle, Urts is like the top three. I got Kittle right behind um, Kelsey. I think he's that talented. Um, Mullins loved him. Garoppolo had a little love with him before he got hurt the previous year. What's your expectations for George Kittle this season?
2: Well, clearly don't expect him to beat his own record of, you know, yards <laughs> by the tight end that, that he hit last year. But I clearly expect another huge year from him. Uh, the, the guy's great. Uh, he's, you know, he's very competitive. What, the thing I love about him is not only his hands, but his, you know, I don't know how much you watched 49ers last year. It sounds like a decent amount. What he was able to do was he t- took a 10-yard pass and took it 75 yards. I don't his, know how many His times. yak was crazy. <laughs> Unbelievable, and he's just this big, huge white guy ambling down the middle of the field, and somehow he's out running everyone, and no one can take him down. It was like time after time after time he would take this, you know, this short pass, and just next thing you know, he was in the end zone, and I don't even know how he got there. But he is—he is fantastic. I love him. Uh, I think the sky's the limit. Uh, Again, I don't expect him to do thirteen hundred and seventy-five yards again this year. Uh, I do expect his five touchdowns to go up. Uh, You know, I would think eighty. Eleven fifty and and seven or eight touchdowns is clearly very possible.
1: Do you take Kittle over Ertz?
2: It's real close. I think I take Ertz, but I think it's almost a, it's a it's a toss up. I know you know Philly has Dallas Goddard there also at tight end, but. Ertz is just just, the guy never drops the ball and he's just it's just a huge target and just whenever they need a catch they always seem to go to him so he's definitely different from Kittle in that you know where I say Kittle you know runs down the field and all of a sudden he's in the end zone you're not going to get that out of Zach Ertz but just the reliability is just just second to none with Ertz so I I have him just just slightly in front of Kittle I I would love to see Kittle finish in front of him but uh, I would take Ertz first.
1: Yeah, that safety net's that's huge there. Uh, let's talk about the running backs. This one is just, depends on what day of the week, how it's is feeling. But they brought Tevin Coleman in, who obviously knows Shanahan's offense. Last year they brought Derek McKinnon in, then he gets hurt, so we never got to enjoy Derek McKinnon. He's on the, the PUP list, but all signs point to he'll be okay for the start of the season. You have Matt Breida, who was amazing uh, when he was healthy, which was when he was healthy. Then there's the other backups, but the main three is Coleman, McKinnon, Breida, what are you doing with these guys? Because I think they all have points throughout the year where they're going to be productive. But going into the season, how do you look at it?
2: Here we go back to Razzle again. Guess who I picked? I picked Tevin Coleman today. Uh, so he, to me, is the lead guy. Jarek McKinnon, I, I, you know, he came in as as the big, uh, you know, free agent signing last year. And, of course, Towers ACL and before it was like the last practice of the year. Uh I just had to flare up. Like you said, he's on the PUP, but it looks like he's going to come off uh, before the preseason even starts. So, but Coleman, like you said, has some, has some history with uh, with Shanahan and he's also a great pass catching back. He's not going to be the, uh, you know, he's not going to get 20 carries. He's probably not going to get 15 carries, but if he can get 10, be productive with him and catch four or five passes, I think he's going to be uh He's going to be the guy that you want to own out of the three. I love Matt Breida. Uh, he, he's tough as nails. He he tries harder and wants it more than than most people in the NFL. He's by far getting more out of his talent than he probably should. Uh, sometimes I wish when he got hurt he would just stay off the field because I think it hurt him more to come back in and get hurt again than if he just kind of maybe sat out a week especially, you know, last year when the 49 weren't going anywhere. I love his grit. I love his toughness. Uh, I love his elusiveness. Uh, but I expect, you know, unless – and certainly doesn't seem like they're going to cut McKinnon, as, as some people were talking in the, the offseason. If all three guys go into camp, I, I don't know that I expect Breida to get enough work to be as productive as he was last year. Uh Again, we've talked about the NFL. Someone's probably going to get hurt, and that'll shake this out a little bit better. But right now, uh, if I had to take one of them, I'm taking Tevin Coleman.
1: Let me ask you uh, this one. So in my Razz Bowl league, we're in round 11th. I'm the ninth pick, and so we're like midway in round 11 right now. Jarek McKinnon is still on the board. This is the best ball for me. I have looked at taking McKinnon the last three rounds, thinking he's going to have a big week here or there. Where would you, What would you do if your pick came up? And he's been sitting there this long,
2: eleventh round. Yeah, I think he's definitely worth a, a a spot there. Like you said, especially the best ball. I mean, if you look back at the year he had in Minnesota, uh, and yeah. he was really you know pretty good before he came over. So uh, I I expect some production out of him. He certainly seems to to you know have his spot in the offense. If they were going to get rid of him, they would have done it by now. Uh, I, I think so. You know, eleventh round. I think he's definitely worth a shot.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. That's why I've been like looking at him over and over. I'm like, okay, I'll wait. He's still sitting there. It's like I'm gonna have to take him eventually. Like this is just crazy. Uh, even if he doesn't pan out at this point. It's it's the value of the chance to me is worth it. All right. Let's go to the final team, the Arizona Cardinals. They had the number one pick this last year. They have a new coach that I think man, I think I graduated high school and he might not even been in middle school yet. No, he's probably way younger than that. Yeah, he's a youngin. They got a quarterback and everyone knows who he is. Kyler Murray at Oklahoma, number one pick, spurned the Oakland Athletics. So many storylines. He's the twelfth quarterback off the board right now, right behind Jared Goff. Before Big Ben, Brady, Winston, Rivers. What are your thoughts on Kyler Murray this year?
2: I don't want to miss my number one. I, I know a lot of people. I've seen him go as high as like the eighth quarterback off the list. I, I. I have a hard time with that with a guy who almost played baseball and, and, you know, had a a wonderful college career uh, and clearly with Cliff Kingsbury comes into an offense that's supposed to be, you know, just like Madden style where they just, you know, run more plays than anyone. He's got a good number of weapons, but uh, there's a lot of new pieces there or pieces coming back from injury that scare me a little bit. It's going to take a little time for this to to all click. Uh, For him to be my number one, that's – I mean, I guess if you're going to – if we all the way back to the show when we talked about Philip Rivers, if you're going to get Philip Rivers as your number two, uh, all of a sudden I feel a lot better about Kyler Murray. Uh, but he scares me if he's my going into the season projected to be my every every week starter.
1: I have to ask it. I know they're going to separate times. Like I said, Murray the 12th off the board. Um, two other guys that I think have interesting – I might be comping them wrong – but Mitchell Trubisky at 18, he can use his feet a little bit. He can throw a lot. And Josh Allen, 22nd off the board. Do you prefer Kyler Murray over them, or do you think it's a lot closer than it sh- than, than people are drafting it wise, if that makes sense?
2: I am a huge Mitch Trubisky fan. Uh, shh, don't tell anybody that I'm drafting with. Uh, okay. But I think this kid is just scratching the surface. I think he's going to be a very good uh, NFL quarterback. Like you said, he gives a little bit with his legs – uh, to to complement what he can do through the air, I I really really like him. Uh, him or Kyler Murray is a tough one. Um, I'll probably let my love of Trubisky come out and, and say I go with him, uh, but it is very close. Uh, Allen, you know my 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 podcast partner Steve Rappin and I have argued over him a lot. He doesn't like Josh Allen basically because he couldn't hit you know the broad side of a barn with a a, a football uh but of course his running ability it, uh, you know counteracts that they they've brought in a few dis- different weapons and and he put up fantasy points last year when he was a starter you can't argue with with the facts um but i i, I would definitely take murray and and uh, trubisky over josh allen you know allen and and lamar jackson are, are so dynamic with their legs but i still tend to focus on the guys who are, are going to be more consistent with their passing numbers. And maybe that's wrong. Uh, and maybe I'll come around in, in a couple of years. But right now, I, I prefer the guys who are going to throw, you know, potential to throw 30 touchdowns and the guy who's might run the ball 17 times a game because quarterbacks can only get hit so many times by these yes. linemen and linebackers before they're not going to get up.
1: That's my biggest thing you just hit, said is it's all fine and dandy that they can run like this, but eventually the injuries are going to come. You can't do it. Ask, ask Robert Griffin how that went. He thought Everyone thought he was going to be able to run for days, and then he met his match. So it'll come. Let's go to wide receivers here. Fitzgerald is probably the most consistent receiver in history almost, not the only one. Jerry Rice, I know, there's others. But Fitzgerald's just awesome year in and year out. He loves Kyler Murray. The rapport that they say they're building, quote-unquote, in camp is great. And then Christian Kirk, uh, I liked him last year as a late-round target. He he, he was more of a a waiver-wire guy late in the year, and he had his moments reports out of camp things look great early on you got Fitzgerald you got Christian Kirk how are you looking at those two
2: uh I probably even like Kirk a little bit better and that's maybe just you know ageism I guess with Fitzgerald just being around so long uh I but like you said I mean a rookie quarterback there's there's not much better than than a uh you know safety net for a rookie quarterback than Larry Fitzgerald I mean a lot of rookie quarterbacks tend to like tight ends but man, you're looking at number eleven. How can you not throw him the ball? You know he's going to come down with it. You know he's going to give it his all. Uh, so I do. I think Fitzgerald is being underdrafted right now. I think he's going to have another solid season. Uh, it's got to be better than it was last year. That you know the the team was a, just a complete just disaster. So I do expect to bounce back from Fitzgerald, especially in the touchdown numbers. Uh, I have no problem taking either guy. Kirk, of course, a little you know younger, a little more dynamic, uh, but Fitzgerald is there for for you consistency fans. Uh, he's he's tough to beat.
1: Yep, very very tough to beat. Uh, he's been awesome. I've been a Fitz guy because you get him so late. He's falling and falling because the ageism is a real thing. It's not just you. It's a lot of people when it comes to fantasy football for any fantasy sports. So. Fitzgerald's one of those guys. If you took some gambles earlier in your draft, I have zero problem taking him later, knowing that Kyler Murray's going to use him as a safety net, and it's going to be fun. So I like I like both of them. Kirk's got the explosiveness, Fitzgerald the reliability, and we know Kingsbury is going to open this offense up, and they're going to go 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 as best as they can. You know, it's the NFL; it's not college. We saw Chip Kelly do it for a while, and it eventually started slowing down, but it'll be fun while it starts. You mentioned the tight end position. Ricky Seals Jones had some. Okay games at times last year. Uh, they got Charles Clay in camp as well. Any interest in uh, Ricky Seals Jones?
2: No, I can't say not too much. Uh, you know, he's someone that maybe if you draft a tight end and he gets hurt, uh, you know, week five or six, you know, there's someone that you maybe look to to, to you know, kind of bail you out. But, eh. you know, he played last year He had two games of, of Five catches or more, so not a lot there. Uh, his his high game last year was sixty nine yards, only caught one touchdown. So, uh, again, of course, the team sucked, you know, really bad last year. So you gotta gotta take that somewhat with a grain of salt. But uh, if there was a lot to look at, you gotta figure he'd be better than than that.
1: Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. Lastly, we got David Johnson, who even after in the midst of such a rough and ugly season. He will still finish the year as a running back one, which is pretty impressive when you really go back and think about how bad this team was. Uh, We know who David Johnson can be. You said you had him as your fifth running back off the board. He's pretty much one-fifth in a lot of places. What's your expectations for DJ this year?
2: One last time, uh, props to my Raz Bowl team. He was my seventh. I would pick seventh, and I took took uh, David Johnson. Uh, So that's how much I like him. I expect a huge year from him. I really do. I mean, this is an offense that, like I said, is gonna is gonna run. It's gonna pass. It's just gonna be a ton of plays. And Johnson has proven, uh, when healthy, that he is one of the best in the business. Uh, is last year, of course, again we talked about it. Everyone struggled. Uh, no one was gonna to do well in that in that uh, offense last year. And like you said, still almost had a thousand yards, 10 total touchdowns and 50 catches and and one of the worst offensive teams that that I can think of in in recent memory. Uh, so give him a much better quarterback, a brand new high powered offense and, and some, you know, some other weapons to take the, uh, take the attention away from. And I expect, uh, you know, not 100 catches by any stretch, but I expect if he hits 70, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think 1,000 yards is a lock if he's healthy, uh, and and certainly double-digit rushing touchdowns as well. I, I think, you know, if he's healthy, uh, 1,200 rushing yards, 12 rushing touchdowns, 65 catches, and, and three or four more receiving touchdowns, I, I expect a big year out of, of David Johnson.
1: What are your thoughts on people that say with all the plays they want to run here— they're going to have to give him breathers, and some. And Chase
2: Edmonds does have some fi- fantasy viability this season. I mean, I hope we play in their leagues. I, I, you know, I, yeah. I mean, Edmonds, if he's going to get seven carries a game, yeah, maybe six. You know, five to seven carries, possibly. But that, I don't think that stops Johnson from getting eighteen to twenty-two. Oh no, I'm uh, not talking.
1: Know. I think Johnson still gets his. I'm saying they're talking about they're going to be running so many plays. Edmonds will be on the field more than most backup running backs that he might have fantasy viability. Mm,
2: yeah.
1: It's a big stretch, but I've heard that yeah, argument in a few places.
2: No, no, I, I, I wouldn't agree with that.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I've, I've heard that argument. I'm sitting there going, we haven't even seen this offense play yet, and people are telling people to draft this way. I, I don't get that at all. But, hey, that's what's fun about all this, and that's what's fun about chatting with you and many other people about this. Um, any final thoughts as we have wrapped up the AFC and NFC West? It's going to be a fun one. It's uh, some two of the best offenses in football we talked about and some other sneaky good ones with our boy Phillip Rivers. Uh, any final thoughts on the AFC, NFC West, or just the early fantasy drafting in general?
2: No, just thanks for having me on, man. Of course, go to fightingchancefantasy.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Fighting Chance. Uh, always a good time with you. And, of course, go 49ers.
1: Yep, there you go, everybody. Thanks for listening this week, Ryan. Thanks for joining me once again. As this was Bents with Bubba, episode 196, your AFC and NFC West fantasy football previews. Catch you guys later.